This is Pastor Shane Jackson coming to you live from the study here at the house and had a great drive-in church today. It's good to see some visitors there. Over the last uh, few Sundays, we have looked at Proverbs chapter 23. Uh, we looked at Proverbs 23 on how to stay afloat um, and floods of difficulties come your way, how to stay afloat when you have that seeking feeling in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul, how we can stay afloat. In chapter 23, the book of Proverbs has has held a, a in-depth study. We looked at the suppressed appetite. We looked at uh, subtracting our own ambitions, at staying away from uh, and being aware of stingy attitudes, at silencing the advisor. We looked at uh, the strength of our advocate. Thank God for our advocate. Hey, man, he's mighty redeemer. He's mighty in battle. Uh, but then last week we looked at uh, being not a spectator but a participator, being singular in our desire, applying ourselves to the spiritual things. Uh, we looked at uh, spanking the agitator, talked about uh, rearing children and disciplining children and correcting children. And then we looked at the smile of approval, the, the delight in our soul. Um, man, what a blessing that was. Uh, today, we want to start in verse number 17 of the book of Proverbs. The Bible says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. Be not among wine-bibbers, among righteous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. So we read uh, just a few verses today. We'll try to do a, a brief study in the book of Proverbs. I believe we'll have today, and then next Sunday we'll close out our look at the book of Proverbs. We find in verse number 17, when I'll, I'll read verse 17 one more time, then pray, and we'll give you what's on our heart. Father, uh, we pray you'd help us. Look at verse 17. Let not thine heart envy sinners... But be thou in the fear of the Lord, all caps, all the day long. Father, we pray today that you might illuminate our heart and our mind, equip us, enable us, and empower us, Lord, to be an encouragement, God, to everyone that listens on this Easter Resurrection Sunday, rather. And, uh, Lord, I just want to say I love you, and I thank you, Lord, for being the best thing that ever happened to us. I'm glad there's words of comfort. Amen. These words of conviction, these words of calling, these words of communion. Amen. They, they is a, a place to worship. We've been given a commission uh, to go and tell the world what you've done for us. Lord, help us to go correctly. Help us to go rejoicing. Help us to go running. Help us to do what they did in Matthew chapter 28. What a good time we had uh, in driving church today. Help us, Lord. I pray to be an encouragement. But Lord, I pray that we learn something from our Bible study today. Lord, let it not just be in a tickling of the ear or enticing words of man wisdom, but let it be in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. We plead the blood and ask God for your will to be done. Bind the devil and clear our minds to continue our study in this wisest of all men, this book of Proverbs, chapter 23. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let not thine heart envy sinners, 
but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. We've looked at individual matters. We've looked at family matters. And we're, we're working now, uh, working through the text and find ourselves in verse 17 on dealing with worldly, worldly matters. The Bible says, let not thine heart envy sinners. The problem that many people have and when they try to stay afloat, they find themselves being dragged down by dead weight. That dead weight meaning on, on things they set their attention on that is dead weight in their life. So the simple answer for staying afloat as we continue our study in the book of Proverbs to stay afloat with that seeking feeling that you feel overwhelmed is you've got to keep your eyes on the Lord. Hey, let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Peter started to sink, friend, when he took his eyes off the Lord and was saved from sinking when he turned his eyes back to Jesus. You find that over in Matthew 14, 26 through 32. Friend, I, I want to tell you, when his eyes was on the Lord, <laughs> thank God he was marching on with Jesus. He was doing what others wouldn't do. They were staying in the boat of comfortableness, and he is getting out of the boat going to Jesus. Hey, we'll be saved from our sinking when we turn our eyes on the Lord. God, help us to do that today in our study. Dead weight. What do I mean by dead weight? Dead weight refers to a heavy object that is unable to move. Sinners, our past when we were sinners, sinners now who are not saved are dead in their sins. The Bible tells us we were dead in sins. When, when we envy sinners instead of desiring Jesus, when we look at them instead of looking at the Lord, we are lower, lowering, bringing ourselves down to their level. Oh, friend, listen to me. I, I believe this. We need to switch our affections and our attentions away from the sinners and the sinfulness of this world and keep our eyes and our heart and our mind on Jesus. You say, preacher, that's easier said than done. Help me out a little bit. Well, let's look. At, let's unpack the text. Let's walk down through the text. Look at verse 17. We're talking about switching our attentions, our affections, our, our eyes from looking at sinners, from envying them to desiring Jesus. How do we do that? Well, when you do that, the heathen finery that is desired, you're, you're desiring the fine things that you think they have. Uh, attention is turned to sinners because sinners seem to have treasures and few troubles. But I'm going to tell you, our heart will be helped when instead of the heart wanting what they have, there is something greater. There is a greater prosperity in wanting what the Lord has. Don't let your heart, your affections, your attentions be on what they have. Oh, no, friend. You, it looks like they have a lot of treasures and few troubles. Look, let's, let's look at the text. Look at verse 17. Let not. 
the, these two words paint a picture. It, it's words refer to a denial of permission. Let not. Denying permission. They describe a refusal, these words. They indicate a personal responsibility. It's my responsibility to not give myself permission to want what they have. It's not nobody's fault but mine. Don't blame nobody else. Notice, let not thine heart. See, when the heart goes after something, everything else is just overwhelmed and taken with it. So, so we got to realize, let not thine hearts envy, envy. The word means to be zealous, carries the idea of, of being moved with a hunger to have what belongs to somebody else, or it carries a, a, a craving. I remember when Michelle was pregnant, I think with our second boy and, uh, is the middle of the night and uh, we lived over in Forest City. I, I, I'd go at two o'clock in the morning to get to, to, uh, to Whoppers from Burger King. The, the, it was weird cravings out of the ordinary. It, and saint, as saints, as believers, as, as Christians, uh, our affections, our attentions, our, our desires, our passions, our cravings should be for the word of God, the will of God, for the works of God, uh, to get our eyes upon him, not things in this world. But often that is the case, and that is the problem. And when that is the case, and that is the problem, the Bible tells us we need to switch our attentions and our affections. Let not thine heart envy sinners. But what he say? But be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. The fear of God. This is the recognition of, of who he is and a loving obedience seeks to please him in all that we do. Uh, we're not worried about him uh, killing us and throwing us in hell. Hey, we're saved and washed in the blood, heaven bound with the hammer down. But, but we have a recognition. He's high and we're low. Uh, we, have a, we have a desire to be obedient to him. Oh, listen, I believe this. We should not envy sinners. Why, preacher? Because... We should not envy sinners, envy not sinners, because their prosperity is fleeting. It takes wings and fly away. I mentioned it in a previous study in the book of Proverbs 23, uh, that it comes with wings. It, it comes, uh, it, the riches comes with wings uh, to fly away, but no wings to return home. Oh, yeah, prosperity is fleeting. Uh, pleasure is foolish. Envy not sinners. Their prosperity is fleeting. Their pleasure is foolish. It is continual chase after nothing of lasting importance. They continually chasing things in this world. And, and we are, if we, if, if we'll be honest, we that are listening to this podcast today, if we'll be honest, we catch ourselves, we get ourselves in more messes craving pleasure that is foolish. It's a continual chase. It's vanity and vexation of spirit. Envy not sinners because peace is false. It is based on wrong ideas of security. Hey, 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 listen, that fence can't keep nothing out and can't keep nothing in. Oh, no. Hey, it's a false. Peace is false. Power is feeble. At the strongest, it is weak. The sinner's power is weak. Uh, their, their privileges 
are fragmentary. What do you mean? Uh, there, there are many advantages that it seems that they have. They're only partial. You're only seeing part of the story. You don't see the struggles they have. My goodness, most people that win millions in the lottery end up bankrupt, end up on debt. I mean, they, they, they get depressed. Listen, they lose it all and they, they keep very little of it. Possessions are fruitless. The riches cannot buy health. I remember reading a story about Howard Hughes and willing to give that doctor just for, if the doctor could guarantee him just a few more minutes, he'd give him all of his wealth and all of the secrets of his inventions. And yet he was wild and fingernails like claws and hair grew out and he went crazy because, friend, I'm going to tell you, riches cannot buy health. Riches cannot buy happiness. Not, not, not real happiness. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, if you ain't got a if 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 you ain't got a dime, and you're constantly worried about how you're gonna pay your bills, that ain't happy neither. I, I'm not saying that, but but you can't buy happiness, not real happiness, or or lasting worth. That's right. I'm. You can't buy uh, being worth something to this world. Being worth something, you can't buy that. Not health, happiness. Yeah, envy not sinners. Why? Why else, preacher? Because pursuit is futile. They endlessly go after what never satisfies because their policies are foul. Their course of action is detestable. Because why, preacher? Why do we not need to envy sinners? Because protection is flabby. Their security lacks firmness and lacks force. Because why? Because prospects are few. Their time and treasures will be cut off with no hope of restoration. Hey, what I'm saying is this is as close to heaven right now is as close to heaven as they'll ever get. But good news, friend, this is as close to hell as we'll ever get. And, and their punishment is fearful. You see, why should we not envy sinners if you miss out on everything else I say, on all those seven, eight reasons I gave you? Then don't miss this one. The punishment is fearful. What they will face in the future is a scary thought. I don't want to see nobody go to hell. Hey, listen, switch your attentions, your affections away from sinners to the Savior. Get your hearts, your passions, your desires, your cravings upon Him, upon His Word, upon the things of God. Hey, preacher, why? Because the heathen finery things that you desire, oh, they're fleeting. But And not only that, when you desire heathen finery, you get distracted from holy fear. See see what it says in verse 17? Be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Isn't what Ecclesiastes 12, 13, let us fear, uh, let, us, let us hear the conclusion. There it is. Thank you, Lord. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. You say, why did you quote it twice? Because I believe it needs to be driven home to us. You see, here's the thing. When when Solomon had searched everything in the book, and he lists such a long list, he gets down to the end of the book of Ecclesiastes and the book attributed to the preacher, attributed to Solomon in his latter years. And he's, and he's searched and he's tried every avenue of happiness, his riches. He's, he's come to the conclusion that the, the finality of it all is to fear God and to keep his commandments. And see, here's what happens. When you envy sinners, 
you, you sometimes, when you get desirous of what they have, you get distracted from the fear you should be living your life in. And again, when I say fear, I'm talking about this fear in the Lord, this recognition of who he is, uh, this desire, this motivation to have a loving, obedient life that would please him in everything that you say and do. Be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. All the day long, this is an expression of an entirety. The fear of the Lord must be all the time of every day we live. The fear of the Lord must claim everything or fear itself will claim everything. Let me say that one more time. The fear of the Lord must claim everything in our life or fear itself will claim everything. You're either walking in the fear of the Lord, that's positive, or the fear of this world that's negative will claim you. So I'm going to try my best. I'm going to strive. I'm going to pray that God helps me to live in the fear of the Lord. Let the fear of the Lord claim every area of my life, my desires, my affections, my, my attentions, so that the fear of my flesh, the fear of this world, the fear, fear that Satan puts in people, oh yeah, that that would not control me. The sight of earthly riches often takes our eyes away from the Lord. But the fear of the Lord brings far greater benefit than anything that the wealth of this world, are y'all listening to me, can offer. All attention must be switched from what's temporary. We got to keep our eyes on what's eternal. I remember what Colossians chapter 3 says, if ye, been risen, if ye then been risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For the things that are on earth are temporary, but the things, thank God, that you can't see, they are eternal, friend. Listen to me. Oh, man, thank God. Oh, we, we, need to, we need to make sure that our desires are switched to what's right. Make sure that we're not distracted from the fear of the Lord, that we're to live in it all the day long. And, and then you say, why? Because look at verse number 18, the hopeful future that is not disappointed. For surely there is an end and thine expectation shall not be caught off. This word surely refers to what is doubtless. It is used uh, to, as conditional. It's used as conditional. It calls attention to comparison. For surely... There is an end, and thy expectation shall not be cut off. Oh, here, here's one. It's doubtless. It's, it's, it's settled. It's done. Compare what you have with God. It's eternal. It's done to what's temporary. Everything in this world has an end to it. But what we have with God, this expectation, this word there, and I love this little word, expectation. It, it means accord. It's used in reference to hope. Hope ties us to the future, and it is a cord that will not break. Amen. Thank God. For surely there is an end, and thine expectation shall not be cut off. What are you saying, preacher? Here's what I'm saying. There is an end to earthly prosperity and pleasures, but the child of God will find no disappointment in his future. <laughs> Woo! I say again, the child of God will find no disappointment in his or her future. Oh, when I look at verse number 18, I'm reminded, thank God, 
We have a cord that cannot be broke. We have an expectation of the future. It shall not be cut off. Amen. Verse, latter part of verse 18. That shall not be cut off or to, it shall not be severed. It refers to separation from the source of supply. We shall never be cut off from our supply chain. Hallelujah. The sinner will be cut off, but the saved will continue. There is an end, let me say it again, to earthly prosperity and pleasures. Don't envy the sinners. No, sir. Um, you'll, you'll, you'll desire what's fine, what you think is fine in their life, but you'll be distracted from the fear that you should be living your life. And then, and then you need to be reminded, friend, you don't, they don't have nothing that you need. Praise God, you have a future that will not be disappointed. For they're in sinners, for, for surely there is an end to them. And thine expectation shall not be cut off. Oh yeah. Thank God for ours. Thank God for what we've been blessed with. Now look with me, if you will, just, just run down there right quick to verse number 21. Notice these little words and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. You see, there's a switch of attention that needs to happen, but there's a shabbiness of the apparel. Notice what he says. A person who has no self-control in the habits of drink and diet lives in a dream world, and one day they'll be sadly awakened with nothing to wear but old shabby clothes. Sensuality is so costly that it will reduce to rags. Oh, yeah, there'll be no cash for new clothing. Uh, the funds are depleted. Yes, sir, fundamentals. The funds are depleted by drowsiness. Fundamentals are depleted by depravity. And therefore, there is an, it's an imperative in our life that we listen to the next few things. We need to make sure we steer the right course. Here's what I'm saying. We find out in Proverbs 23, dealing with these worldly things, worldly affections, and worldly attractions, that we need to switch our attentions, our attractions, our affection from sinners to the Savior. We need to make sure we don't desire their fine things, what we call fine things in life. We need to make sure we're not distracted from walking in holy fear of the Lord. Oh my, the fear of the Lord must claim everything or fear of this world will, will claim everything. And we, we, we know this and this ought to be settled in the fact that we have a future that is not disappointing. And here in the meantime, we can look at their life and watch the effects of sin in their life. They have been controlled by drinking, by affections, by sensuality. They've been controlled by the lust of their flesh. And, and, and watch what happens. They are spiritually drowsy. Drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. That's the latter part of verse 21. This word drowsiness refers, refuse, or refers uh, to a condition that precedes sleep. Uh, the person who is drowsy, they're part of sleep and, and, and dull in their response, and they're part awake, part of sleep and part awake. I, I, I'm afraid that's where a lot of folks are living at. Hey, drowsiness shall clothe a man with rags. It refers to old threads showing holes 
uh, speaks of uh, things that barely cover you. And I'm going to tell you what will happen is you start living your life to satisfy the lust of your flesh. You'll end up, friend, being a bum on the street. There has to be some moral compass guiding you. There has to be a master of your soul, a, a desire in your life to do right. Because if not, sinfulness always leads to rags. Listen to me. Watch out. Preacher, how can I do it? It's imperative, friend, that you steer the right course. Look at verse 19. Let's go back to verse 19. I hadn't skipped no verses. We want to go back. Look at verse 19. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. This word, way, I fear we need to get there. I'll go back and get here. But look at this way. Hear thou, my son, and be wise, and guide thine heart in the way. We guide our heart in the way. And this word refers to the habits that mark the course of the life that we take. The way is the correct way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And and Solomon says, hear thou, my son, be wise, guide thine heart in the way. Set your affection, set your attention. We're going back to that. Why? Because if not... It will destroy your life. It'll leave you in rags. It'll take you from prince to pauper. Oh my, listen to me. It'll wreck you. It'll ruin you. It'll it'll leave you like that man in Luke chapter number 10 who had money in his pocket going chung-a-lang-a-lang, walking down there to the city of sin down in Jericho, and, and he was robbed and left uh, half dead and naked. Are y'all listening to me? Uh, look at the man who had money in his hand and went down there and he ended up in the hog pen. He ended up in hogs being spent all his money partying, righteous living. The Bible is time after time after time and time again giving us actual illustrative truths to back up what Solomon had told us in the book of Proverbs in chapter 23. A life lived to satisfy the lust of the cravings of the flesh will always leave you in ruins. Maybe you'll have money in the bank, but it'll leave you your family in ruins. It'll leave your morals in ruins. It'll leave churches in ruins. You'll wreck people's lives, if not your very own life. How can we prevent it? Steer the right course. My son, be wise. Guide your heart in the way, the correct way, because it is the way of truth. The clean way, because it is the way of holiness. The confined way, because it is a narrow way. It's not a wide way. No, it's a wide gate. No, broad way. No, it's a narrow way. Don't say I'm narrow-minded because I don't feel like you ought to shack up before you get married. Bless God, it's, it's a sin. Hello, it's a sin. Don't say I'm narrow-minded because I think it's wrong to you to be dancing with somebody else's wife and sticking your tongue down her tonsils and playing hide-and-go-seek with her tonsils in your tongue. Listen, you ain't got no business kissing nobody. It ain't your wife. I'm not narrow-minded. Listen, it's a confined way. It's a narrow way. Hey, listen, it's a calm way because it's the way of peace. It's a clear way because it is a way of understanding. It's a way of intelligence. It really is, whether you believe it or not. Amen. 
Glory to God. It's a costly way because it is the way of the cross. Though it didn't cost you one thing, it cost the dear Savior, his beauty, his blood, his body. Hey, man, I feel like preaching Wednesday night message again. It cost very dearly. It just didn't cost you. It was a free gift to you. It is a costly way. It is a commanded way. The Lord ordered you that way. It is a contrite way. It's a way of repentance and a way of humility. It's a changeless way. Way. I don't care if it is 2020. Amen. It ain't changed a bit. Amen. It's the way of the Lord. Therefore, it does not change. It's a choice way because it is the way that is best. It is a confident way because it is the way of assurance. It is a conquering way because it's the way of victory. It's not a way of defeat. It's a way of victory. I say amen. It's a complete way because it does not stop short of the desired destination. It's going to end up in heaven. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for old time religion. It will take us all to heaven. Amen. It's a conducted way. It, what do you mean conducted? Thank God the Holy Ghost. Shoot you. The Holy Ghost is the conductor on the train of my life. Amen. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is conducts me. It is a close way because it is walked in company with other people following the Lord and with the Lord there. Amen. It is a capable way because it is a way of wisdom. It's a consecrated way because it is the way of righteousness. It's a cheerful way <laughs> because it is the way of blessedness. It's a way of happiness. It's a way of joy. It's a childlike way because it follows the steps amen of the heavenly Father. We're like children following his steps. That's Bible. Amen. God gave us some steps to follow over in the book of Peter. Amen. Hallelujah. It's a childlike way. It's a claim way. It is chosen above all others. It is a courageous way because it is the way without fear. It's a conditional way because it is the way of faith. It's a compassionate way because it is the way of love. It's a commended way because it is the way of life. It's a crown way <laughs> because it leads to a crown of glory. Oh my Listen to me. Here, my son, it's the idea of undivided attention. It's listening with both ears. It's giving close attention to what's necessary. Amen. Don't listen to the voices of this world and the clamor of the noise of distraction, but give both ears. Here, my son, a caution must be exercised in who and what is heard because there are many who do not speak the truth. Hearing must not be second-handed. It must be personal. It must be, thank God, it must not be misquoted, though it can be. So it must be heard with a readiness to do something about what valuable advice has been given us in Proverbs chapter 23. Here, son, amen, guide thine heart. It means to go straight. It describes a forward advance, does not find retreat. You know what the heart means, but let's say it again. It's a, it is, the heart is sinful by nature and is capable of judging what is right. 
Amen. And what's wrong is able to judge what is right. Thank God by the guidance of the Holy Ghost. It is guided by the Scripture. It should be guided by the Spirit of God. Amen. Thank God, not self-will. He said, hear my son. This refers to a male child, but it refers to mankind. It refers to male and female. The close link between steering and hearing. Hear, my son, be wise, guide thine heart. Hearing, then steering. Learning the right course. Thank God comes from listening to the right counsel. Somebody ought to have a running fit right there. I mean, my God, that's right. Amen. Double barrel. Hallelujah. Learning the right course comes from listening to right counsel. The guided heart is imperative to steer the right course, to shun, to shun if you're going to do right, if you're going to go right. I had to get me some water. If you're going to steal right, I'm talking about steer right. You've got to shun righteous company. Be thou, look what he said. Oh my, and be not, sorry, be not, verse 20, among wine bibbers, among righteous eaters of flesh. That's what he said. Be not among wine bibbers, among righteous eaters of the flesh. Great God. He said, be not among white. Why? Because to steer the right course, we must shun the wrong company. The word of God not only warns us about being a drunkard and a glutton, but also commends us and commands us that we're not supposed to hang around them. Somebody ought to say, amen, run a fit, Davy. Have a run a fit. Because identity often comes by association. And because evil communications corrupt good manners. Therefore, hey man, you must be separate from their influence. That's Bible preaching right there, if there ever has been. I'm a telling you right now, good, hey, hey, listen to me. Good manners and good communications are always influenced by evil communications. Evil communication corrupt good manners. That's right. You say it don't matter, preacher. It don't matter. It don't matter. I can hear some people out there right now. I can th- I can hear you thinking you ain't even listened to it yet. I can hear people when they read Proverbs chapter 23, they say, what difference does it make? I'll let my daughter and my son hang out with the wrong people and it don't matter and I, you can't put them in the box and I hear all that mess all the time. If it don't matter, ask a lot. Ask a lot if it matters. Ask a lot if it matters. Hey, ask a lot if it matters. Oh, I know you might be strong. You might be personally strong. What about your children? What about your spouse? Hey, what about your youngins? Lot lost everything. I know Lot's in heaven. His wife ain't going to be there. His his children ain't going to be there. They're the head of an, of, of an incestuous relationship. They're the head because of an incestuous relationship. When Lot got drunk, he laid with his older daughter and his younger daughter. There come the Ammonites and the Moabites. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Lot lost everything. You say it don't matter. It don't matter. Evil 
evil communications corrupt good manners. I'm telling you right now, if you're going to steer the right course, you better shun the wrong company. The word of God says, don't be a drunkard. Also, don't hang around them. Don't be a glutton. Don't hang around them. Amen. Notice this word wine beer. It refers to a person who in over, over, over indulges in intoxicating drink. This this word glutton means morally loose, worthlessness, carries the idea of one who eats and drinks in excess. And it, it what it does is it exposes a serious character flaw. It, in other words, whatever the flesh wants, the flesh going to get. Then it says this riotous eaters of flesh. Word riotous means vile, worthless. It suggests an undisciplined behavior. No discipline whatsoever. Undisciplined behavior that gives free reign to appetite and, amen, and actions. Eaters of flesh. It refers to a lot of things. It does refer to meat served at a buffet or or, a luxurious banquet, but it it gives, you can picture this in your mind. Here's two men, and they're, they're there eating a whole hog, and their hands are dripping with grease, dripping with grease, and they're just shoving it in their mouth. That's the picture that God has given us about these these wine bibbers, these gluttonous, riotous eaters of flesh. These these people that we should not be hanging around with, nor nor by the way, letting our children hang around with these drunkards. The course, oh my. You say, what difference does it make? I'm going to say one more time. Just ask Lot if it makes a difference. It does make a difference. He looked that way. He longed for that way. He started living in that way. He started letting his daughters marry them folks in that way. And they all got burned up. And what didn't get burned up? One of them turned into a pillar of salt on by his wife. And the other, the other two uh, got their daddy drunk and slept with him. How wicked, how vile, how disruptive. Oh, man, listen to me. You better to steer the right course. You better shun the wrong company. You say, preacher, what steering the right course, shunning the wrong company, seeing the resulting consequence. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty. The course that is followed leads to what is at the end of the way. Here it is. Corrupt conduct is not without a costly consequence. A life of waste and worldliness and wickedness leads to a light of a life of wanting more of it and eventually to an eternity burning in hell fire. Oh, I'm telling you right now, there is a resulting con- con- there's going to be poverty both in this life and in eternity. God wants us to be rich. Hey, he who was rich became poor that we through his poverty might be rich. If we're going to steer the right course, we've got to stay away from wrong company because there is a resulting consequence. And I'm telling you, corrupt conduct is always costly at the end. I believe we're going to end right there on this Easter Sunday, this what the world calls it. We call it resurrection Sunday, uh, we got to switch our affections, switch them from the things of this world to the things of the Lord. 
Don't, don't, don't let your heart envy sinners. They, there's nothing to envy about them. Their prosperity is fleeting. Their pleasure is foolish. Their peace is false. Their power is feeble. Oh, my. Privileges are fragmentary. Popularity is fragile. Possessions fruitless. Their pursuit is futile. Their policies are foul. Their protection is flabby. <laughs> their prospects are few, but oh, listen to me. Their punishment is fearful. You say, preacher, how can we do it? Don't don't desire the fine things of this world, what 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 it seems like they have. They've got tre a lot of treasures and few troubles. No, friend, you you don't understand. What we need to want, what we need to desire is the Lord. And there is a whole lot greater prosperity in wanting what the Lord has. Hey, man, thank God he should be our desire. And, and you say, preacher, how? It, if, if you'll do this, if you'll do your best to steer the right course, shun wrong company. Be reminded of the consequence that's resulting from their wicked lifestyle. It will help you to not end up distracted from the right fear. It'll help you to end up desiring the right things. It'll help you to end up at the end destination that we as Christians are desiring. I know we're going to heaven because we saved, because we've been washed in the blood. But I'm going to tell you, we ought to live the way. And I said before, it is a clear way, clean way, confined way. I mean, but my Lord, it's the crown way. In one blessed day, we'll be able to stand before him without shame in confidence, knowing that we've done our best to live for the glory of God. I failed too many times to count. Let's live for God. Let's trust the Lord. And let's depend on him to do it. Father, we need your help to switch our attentions, our affections. We need your help to, to switch our desires. And God, I pray that we would not desire or envy sinners. I pray, Lord, that we desire, have a passion, have a longing for the right way. To steer the right course. To stay away from wrong company. To remember we've got a glorious end. And they have a destructive end. Thank you, Lord, for answer prayer. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings beyond what we can even comprehend. Both in this world and the world to come. We ask, Lord, that you'd help everybody as we close out this session on the podcast. That you'd encourage your people. That your will be accomplished in Jesus' name.